I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back, welcome back. Here I am again in the sunny Sussex countryside and I have to tell you, I am extremely intrinsically motivated to be here. Now, if you'd watched my last episode, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because I talked about exercise motivation and intrinsic motivation was the most powerful, sustainable form of motivation because it's all about enjoying the process, enjoying what you're doing. And I have to say, I'm enjoying this process. I'm enjoying being here right now in this beautiful environment and I enjoyed the walk here and I'm gonna enjoy the walk back again. So today, in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about the health benefits of exercise and physical activity. And I'm gonna talk about the current government recommendations. So how much exercise should we all be doing? What sort of intensity? What types? And for how long? So let's begin. Now the current recommendations for exercise and physical activity are actually very realistic, very achievable, and I'm in complete agreement with because they're backed by science, they're backed by evidence. Now when they conduct these research studies, what they do is obviously they gather thousands of bits of information and they feed the data into some software that does some complicated mathematical equations that looks for relationships. It looks for differences between groups and it looks for relationships between groups. And what it does is it works out actually, is there a very, very high likelihood that this one here affects this one here, etc. And from that, what we have found out, I say we, I wasn't involved directly in the particular one I'm talking about, but what science has found is that when we meet the current recommendations for physical activity, we reduce our risk of heart disease by 50%, our risk of type 2 diabetes by 50%, our risk of dementia and some cancers by 50%. So they are the biggest killers in the UK. So statistically, most of us will die of one of those. However, by meeting those government recommendations, you reduce that risk by 50%. Now you also reduce your risk by 20 to 30% of premature death. Now, often people say, well, I don't want to live forever anyway, so why do I want to make all these changes? Why, do I, why can't I just eat whatever I like, do whatever I like? You know, I don't, I, I don't mind if I die a little bit earlier. Well, it's not about your lifespan, it's about your health span. So your lifespan is how many years you live on this planet for. Now, yeah, fair enough. If you don't want to live on the planet forever or for a very long period of time, that's your choice, that's fine. However, it's about the quality of those years. That's why I say health span, not lifespan. It's about those good quality years. And if you're finding that the, you know, the last 20, 30 years of your life, you're, you're ill, you're you know, going to see the doctors all the time and you're struggling and you have a really poor quality of life and just general well-being, far better that we ramp up the quality of those years and you, and you thrive in those years. So don't just think about lifespan, think about health span. 
and meeting these government recommendations are going to massively improve on that. You also reduce your risk of uh, depression, anxiety. It's a great way to manage stress. Um, and when we think about some of the things that happen to us as we get older as well, we get uh, we increase our risk of osteoporosis. So this is where your bones lose density. And when you have bones with a lower density, they're less, they're more likely to fracture and break. Uh, you lose your balance and coordination. So when you do fall over, you're more likely to fall over, but when you do fall over, you might have to break something because of the osteoporosis. And um, your joints, we get wear and tear in the joints. We get arthritis. Um, we also, our ligaments and our tendons become thinner. They atrophy. Um, so that means that we're more likely to tear and damage joints. Our muscles get smaller, we call that sarcopenia. So when we have smaller muscles, our metab metabolism redu reduces, so we're more likely to store body fat. Um, but we also, we lose our quality of life from the point of view that we, we can't get out of a chair as easy, we can't go upstairs as easy, we can't put things away in cupboards as easy. So all these factors can all, the risk of all those things can be reduced massively by meeting the government recommendations for exercise and physical activity. So what are they? Right, for the first one I'm gonna talk about is 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. So that's the first recommendation. Are you doing 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise? Now, if you're thinking, well, what's moderate intensity? This is an intensity where if you were to go for a brisk walk, your breathing rate would go up, your heart rate would go up, but it's manageable, it's relatively comfortable, it's not too um, challenging. You could have a conversation with a friend if you went with a friend, it's that sort of intensity. They often suggest like gardening and um, housework. Now, yes, that would be moderate intensity exercise providing you're doing it quite, quite quickly and, um, you, know, and you, you do feel yourself getting warm and your breathing rate elevated when doing it. So, that's an example of moderate intensity exercise. And the 150 minutes could look like 30 minutes, five days a week. So maybe Monday to Friday, 30 minutes of that each day. It could also look like going for a 30 minute walk in your lunch break. It could be a commute. It might be that you're 15 minutes away from work. So you walk 15 minutes to get to work, 15 minutes home. It could be that actually you live a lot further away, but you park your car 15 minutes from work. Now I'm, very, I'm being very precise here, aren't I, with it? It's got 15, it's got to be 15 minutes. Obviously it can be longer. More than 150 minutes a week equals more benefits. Um, but I'm just talking about meeting that minimum standard. So by all means, do more. I do more. Most fitness enthusiasts do more. People that love exercise and you know, very passionate about it, do more. But to hit that 150, it could be 30 minutes a day or two lots of 15. It could be three lots of 10. It could be a 10 minute walk to work, 10 minutes of lunch break, 10 minutes at the end of the day. So when we're talking about just meeting or improving your quality of life, reducing your risk of various illnesses, um, sedentary related illnesses, you can literally do 10 minutes to walk, 10 minutes and lunch, 10 minutes at the end of the day, five days a week. Pretty realistic, pretty achievable. Now, on top of that, if you wanted, you could actually swap out some of that or all of that for what we call vigorous exercise. Now, vigorous exercise is that intensity where you're getting really out of breath, it's challenging, conversation would be very difficult. Well, one minute of vigorous is actually equivalent to two minutes of moderate. So if we work a bit harder, we get even greater benefits from, from that, that intensity. 
So if time's an issue and you know, I haven't got 150 minutes in my week to, 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 to exercise, well, work harder then. <laughs> you can do 75 minutes of vigorous. Now, for those of you that play like competitive sports, you're probably doing this already because if you're running around on a football pitch, tennis court, badminton court, netball court, hockey pitch, whatever, because it's competitive, I guarantee you're going to be out of your comfort zone for most of that. So you're going to be hitting that, that quota. So 75 minutes of vigorous, well, if you, if you have training twice a week, that's 120 minutes. So you're going to be smashing that one. So competitive sports will put in, in the vigorous category. Anything that challenges you, take you, takes you out of your comfort zone, very hard to have a conversation whilst doing, that's your vigorous. Now you could, like I say, you, you could swap your moderate for your vigorous, or you can do a combination of the two. It doesn't have to be quite one or the other. So maybe you get 100 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week, and you go, right, well, I've got 50 minutes left, but I can't really fit that in. One 25-minute hit session would be equivalent to 50 minutes moderate. Now, again, I'm being very specific. It's got to be 25 minutes. You could do 30. It doesn't matter. Um, but to hit that minimum, that minimum standard, that 150, it could be 100 minutes moderate and 25 minutes vigorous. And there you go. So that's, that's, your, that's the first requirement to try and meet. I would always encourage my clients, friends, family, people that ask me for advice, that's where you want to get to. You want to filter that into your life somehow. And there's going to be an element of behavior change needed for that. So it will need um, some stepping out of your comfort zone and some changes and, and just moving things around, getting to support with that. Make things easier for yourself. Watch the last episode for ideas on how to be more intrinsically motivated to do that sort of stuff. Um, so that, that's the first, first metric or standard that you want to be meeting. Now also, uh, the recommendation is to do two to three strength building sessions per week. Now, strength building is anything where you're trying to improve the strength of your body. And there's going to be lots of ways you can do that. The most obvious way is resistance training. So that's barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, moving anything heavy, body weight, um, you know, calisthenics, doing things like pull-ups and chin-ups and push-ups. All that type of exercise is wonderful for your musculoskeletal health. And when I say musculoskeletal health, what I mean is your muscles, obviously. So when we exercise our muscles, the muscles grow, they become more dense. So if those of you that uh, would like to be more toned, what toning actually is, is increasing muscle mass and reducing body fat. So even though often people go, oh, I don't want to get bigger muscles, well, if, you're, if you exercise them, they will get bigger, but when you burn that fat that surrounds the muscle, it doesn't appear bigger, it just appears toned, which is what everybody asks for. I want to be toned. So by exercising those muscles, we get more tone. Now we also, as the muscle grows, the connected tissues grow as well. So ligaments and tendons get thicker, which means you're less likely to get injuries, reduction in injury risk, which is great. I mean, as, as we get older, we tend to lose a bit of coordination and balance. So we're more likely to fall over. Now, obviously exercise counters that loss of balance and coordination. So that's another benefit. But if we do fall over, if we've got thicker muscles, thicker ligaments and tendons, we're less likely to get injured. And our bones as well. So when our bones are more dense, they're less likely to get injured. Another risk of getting older is osteoporosis, where our bones lose density. But if we increase the density of them through resistance training, using our muscles, which will then pull on the bones and the bones will become more dense. If we do that, 
then we reduce that risk. In the strength and conditioning world, when they talk about doing sort of muscle building programs for their athletes, they often refer to it as armor building because it literally is like that. We're, we're trying to build armor for the athletes so they don't get hurt. So if they play a contact sport like rugby, football, netball, hockey, when they do come in contact with another player, then they're less likely to get hurt or injured because they've got armor good strong musculoskeletal health so there's there's some really good reasons there to engage in strength building exercises now you can technically you can still do things like yoga and pilates but just remember to to reap those 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 really good benefits of what i was just talking about you know strong musculoskeletal health for contact sports and what have you there is going to be you are going to need to do some some good old-fashioned resistance training in my humble opinion Okay, so that's that one. And then the other one is we need to reduce the amount of time we spend being sedentary. So even if, you know, if you go to the gym for an hour and a half after work and you slog it, that will never excuse you from being completely sedentary for the rest of the day. So just be mindful of that. That doesn't mean you can stay completely inactive the rest of the day. We still need to be active, okay? So minimize the time spent being sedentary. Set an alarm on your phone, like trackers and things now, you can put a setting on here where it will just vibrate or beep to remind you to move. Um, if you're working in office, try and be quite far from the drinks fountain so you have to get up and walk over to get a drink and come back again. Move around, like send an email, go and tell your colleague, I've just sent you an email, so it's there in writing. Um, but just to give you a, a heads up, you know, and maybe explain a bit more detail what the email is, gets you out moving around, social interaction. So just look for reasons to, to move throughout the day really. Um, and also, if you drink lots of water, you have to keep going to the toilet. So that gets your steps up as well. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. So avoid being sedentary. It's not good for our posture and it's not good for our metabolism. Now, the other one is we need to uh, do balance and coordination type exercises. Now, I kind of briefly mentioned that when I talked about uh, resistance training. You certainly, that's, that's one way of doing it, is, is kind of incorporating that into your resistance training sessions, your strength building sessions. So things like anything where you're doing exercises on one leg or using one arm, we call it unilateral. So one leg, one arm means that your center of gravity is gonna be offset slightly because you've got load in one arm here. Um, you might got load in one leg. And then your stabilizing muscles around your spine, your core, uh, the stabilizing muscles, stabilizing muscles around a joint um, keep you balanced and they stop you from falling over. Now, the great thing about that is, as long as you keep being consistent with that, is over time, your balance and your coordination improves, so you're less likely to have falls when you get older, which is great. And um, one of the biggest killers of old people is, is falling over. It's the, you know, becoming ill and injured from the fall. So reducing the risk of that is, is fantastic. So that's something you can definitely do. And uh, resistance machines are lovely. They're nice, you can sit down on a machine, you can do your presses and your pulls and stuff, nothing wrong with them whatsoever. But free weight exercises, where you're having to pick something up off the floor and move it around, and always gonna have a far better impact on your, uh, on your coordination and your balance and things like that. Um, so there's various different balance exercises you can do out there. There's even things like bozal balls and you know stability balls and extra bits and pieces to challenge that which are fine i'm you know i'm a fan of those i, I wouldn't use them all the time like a nice fa a phase of training where you just focus on your stability is good then have another phase where you focus on 
maybe just looking on pure muscular strength for a bit. No. So there's lots of options out there. So just to give you a, a quick rundown on what we went through there. So we said, first of all, you can do 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week or 75 minutes of vigor vigorous intensity per week or a combination of the two. My advice to people is to try and layer stuff into their life. So it, it takes the thinking out. It's a bit more habitual doing it, like with commutes and things, walking meetings, going for uh, a walk with friends instead of just going for a coffee or a beer. Um, just, just filter it in. It's so much easier if you do it that way. Strength building, two to three sessions a week. If you want to hit the minimum of two, I mean, yeah, joining a gym makes it easier. Get yourself a PT. Um, hitting those those two requirements, those two strength building sessions per week, wonderful for muscular skeletal health. Your future self will thank you for that. Avoid being sedentary, use timers on phones to remind you to move, um, get into the habit of just walking to do things, you know, walking to the shop if it's just down the road to get something, um, going upstairs to give a message to your other half instead of shouting up the stairs to them. Um, just keep looking for reasons to move basically get into that habit don't be lazy and then incorporate balance and coordination type exercises into your, to your life something i didn't say actually but dancing you know joining a dance class great way to improve your your coordination your balance something like ballroom dancing um or you know if time's an issue just try and combine it all into the same thing so you know you've got your your moderate exercises your commutes and you're walking around and you're walking meetings and everything your vigorous exercise could be incorporated into your strength building sessions. So going to things like joining a CrossFit box or um, going to a gym with a friend and doing your, your lifting, but also getting your balance stuff in the coordination stuff, you can get a really good, you know, going to the gym two hours a week or three hours a week, you could get a lot done in that vigorous strength building, balance and coordination. Okay, I've talked about a lot there today, haven't I? So uh, lots to think about. That's your minimum recommendation that I recommend that everybody does, but you personal trainers and you coaches out there, that's the starting point. Find out during that client interview, where is your client now in relation to where ideally we'd like everybody to be, and then just start working them towards that. You know, and when they get there, yeah, you can go further, you can go beyond that, you can do more, more, more is better to a point, um, but that's certainly gonna be that minimum standard. And if you're, as a coach or trainer, if you can take a client who is pretty sedentary and over time get them to meet those government standards, wow, I mean, you're doing, a, you're doing an amazing job. And uh, you are, the impact of that on that client's life and the lives of their loved ones around them and the NHS is huge. So it's very, very rewarding. Okay, now next episode, I am going to be talking about... Um, different phases of training. I'm going to start with stabilization. So we've mentioned a little bit about stabilization today. And um, so I'm going to talk about the pyramid that we use at Storm Fitness Academy, the progression pyramid. And we always start people at the bottom, focus on stabilization. So that's what we're going to be talking about next episode. Have a wonderful day and stay active. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website, www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk. Fill out a contact form that will come straight to me. I will contact you shortly afterwards, and I look forward to speaking to you then.